Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Welcome to episode 19 of Book of Leaves. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Timmy Nicholson, who is a sustainable queen from Hungary, who is now living in Ireland, and she has set up this amazing blog called Simple No Waste Life. And we'll get into all things sustainability and home life and parenting and even some Hungarian politics for you. Before we get into that, I just want to apologise, first of all, on the lateness of this episode. If you are a Monday listener, if you listen every second Monday to the podcast when it first comes out. It's usually already out, but it's a little bit delayed today because earlier today I was dressed as a mermaid in front of the doll on behalf of Extinction Rebellion and Irish Wildlife Trust to campaign against overfishing in Ireland because there's this law that the EU put in place for all states across the EU to end overfishing by the 1st of January 2020. We've had since 2013 to do this and have we ended overfishing? No, we have not. So I was at a protest for that today doing lots of chanting. Uh, You may hear that I have uh, very little voice left and that's also got to do with the fact that I'm just a little bit under the weather It's that time of year where everyone just has a little bit of something. So hopefully you don't catch it from me. But I hope you guys enjoyed last week's, I always say that, two weeks ago's episode with Holly Hughes from Vita. Got a lovely feedback from it. A lot of people seem to enjoy it. So if you haven't listened to that, of course, go back and give that a listen after this one. And also, of course, it is December now and we are in full swing of things in regards to Christmas. So if you haven't listened to episode 16 and 17 on having a sustainable Christmas, make sure you go check those out after this as well. All right, guys, I won't croak at you for much longer. Here is Timmy. I hope you guys enjoy. I'll catch you after. Timmy, thank you so much for coming all the way into town, into the crazy, manic, busy Dublin atmosphere for the podcast interview. You're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I guess. Let's get straight into who you are. Okay, so my name is Timmy Nicholson and uh, I'm from Hungary. I have lived in Ireland more than 11 years now so yeah quite a bit grew up in a small town in Hungary which wouldn't be very small on Irish standards like maybe 200,000 uh <laughs> population <laughs> that's a city uh what oh my gosh yes okay yeah, totally so, different yeah this is where I grew up and this is where I went to uh, university where I studied um, business and economics I majored in regional development so this was something I thought I would do you know to work with the city council to develop the region then plans changed and uh, I made my way to Dublin and kind of started a different path here. Very good why what made you choose Ireland why pick here from Hungary any particular reason? So when my family, my mom and my brother as well, were looking uh, to leave Hungary, we were looking 
for a country that is an English-speaking country, because all the three of us spoke English, or that's what we thought at the time. <laughs> and uh, so then there was England, and then there was Ireland, or anything outside Europe. So we just thought that maybe Dublin is not too big, you know, compared to London or something. So mm-hmm. it could be cozy <laughs> enough, or I don't know. Very something good. like this I'd yeah. say you're glad now that you picked Ireland so yeah like no offense English people <laughs> it's just a little bit messy <laughs> yes. at the moment but um great so that's why you just you just came over here and then did you start working in regional development here no I actually uh, haven't ever worked in that uh, area at at all because in, in Hungary, I worked with a multinational company as a customer service officer or not the one that picks up the phone, the one that organizes orders and pushes actual sheets from sure. one side to another. And it was extremely boring and I did not like it. So when I came out here, I was happy to do anything. And for about three months, I did not find any job, which was quite strange. But then I started to work as an activities coordinator in a nursing home. It was interesting and I stayed in this position for five and a half years. And I would say in the last two, two and a half years, I worked in a unit where, you know, the residents were really ill. So it was palliative care and you weren't really entertaining the the residents anymore because they were in that stage of of dementia it was partially uh, sensory stimulation and partially kind of talking to families and trying to kind of help them a little yeah. bit so that made me decide to go and study psychotherapy Oh, wow. Which is obviously quite far from regional development. But I really, really enjoyed it. And and I think it it had an effect on me how I I view the world, you know, altogether with how life can be. It has a limit on it as such. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's a different uh, view from what I was coming from as as a business graduate. And great, let's earn lots of money and make profits and all that you know so a bit different okay yeah totally different and how then did you go from psychotherapy into what you're doing now which is all about sustainability yes different again (laughs) yes so um when I finished the uh the higher diploma um I was already pregnant and then like I handed my thesis in and three weeks later I had a baby so well can I just say <laughs> congratulations like how did you do that oh my gosh the stress pregnancy and the tea okay yeah right, so well, so amazing. now that was that was great and, and I really enjoyed the psychotherapy and then so we had Max and of course when I was pregnant my mom asked me if I was gonna use reusable nappies and I was like no way is that a normal thing in hungary reusable nappies no no i don't even know why my mom asked this question but she did so anyhow i said no and then we had max in disposable nappies for about three or four months when when i just said to my husband you know i actually don't like this pushing the bin out on the curb every second week and it's heavy and it's smelly and i i I did not really think it was going to be like that 
So then I knew from the breastfeeding group, mommy and baby group, a few girls who had used cloth nappies. So I, I asked them to talk to me about it. And then someone said, go to the cloth nappy library, Ireland. So then I had a loan from the library and started our journey there. I think it was uh, the Cloth Nappy chat group where I saw a discussion about zero waste and someone mentioned the zero waste group and I didn't really know what that was. So obviously Google is your best friend. So <laughs> Googled it and then a whole new world opened up and I said, aha, this is, this is great and I would like to do this. And of course, my husband said, all right, but let's not be hardcore at this. And I think a lot of people say that, let's not be hardcore at this. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> But what's interesting that in my original primary degree, I have studied waste management, I have studied agriculture, I have studied a lot of these things, but I never really kind of joined the dots mm -hmm. that I am part of the problem yeah. with my consumer behavior and consumption habits. Yeah. Even though I did find it interesting or kind of strange that when we came to Ireland, First of all, it was great to have different bins and put the recycling into the green bin, which we not did have not that? have that in Hungary. You oh. had to bring your recycling to a, a recycling location. But that when we went to the, the supermarket, everything was packaged. So that was very strange that you cannot just buy three carrots if you wanted for your soup. You have to buy a whole kilo and then half of it goes in the bin because you don't eat that much carrots before it goes off. So that was very strange. And it was also very strange not to have any markets because in my hometown, you just went to the market and the market wasn't the kind of farmer's market. That's a very niche and very fancy thing here in Ireland. Mm. It was just a place under a roof where people who have surplus would go out and, and sell or other sellers who would do it on, you know, on a business scale. Mm. But it's it's not in any way as fancy that now I'm going to the farmer's yeah, market to get my, like, yeah. organic, my artisan cheese or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Handcrafted beer and whatnot. No, 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 not, nothing yeah. like that. It's just you go to the market and buy whatever you want and then go home. So, um, yes, didn't join the dots. And then suddenly occurred to me that, yes, I am part of the problem on the big picture. And there are things that we can do. Yeah. So that was the beginning of 2016. Mm -hmm. So by the autumn, we were able to get rid of our bin subscription. So we, we, we had composter in the garden and a bokashi bin to, to compost the meat or cooked food leftovers. What whatever. type of bin? It's called a bokashi. A bokashi. It's, it's a Japanese word and basically it's a bin. You put your leftover food in it, cooked food or meat or cheese, veg, whatever. And then you sprinkle this bran and it is kind of smelly, a vinegary smell. So it ferments everything and then you can put it into your composter outside or some people would bring it to their forest walks and dig a small hole and dig it in the garden or in, in the ground yeah. it would it would go away it won't attract rats or, or, or other animals anymore it just helps the, the, the breaking down wow yeah. and do you stick that and you would have that bin in your garden or is it small enough um, to have in the house it was in the house okay cool. our, our ours was uh, a 30 litre one but normally you can just buy a 10 litre one as well okay. so so we had that, so we didn't need the brown bin, and then there is a recycling center nearby, so we just collected the recyclables 
in the shed and brought it to the recycling center once a month, every six weeks or something like that. And uh, we did not need a black bin. So whatever black bin waste we had, which is still very small, um, we packed that up and bring it to my mom's bin because there is no need for us to, to pay or it's not not just about paying because we wouldn't fill a whole bin in a year to start mm-hmm. with. It's I don't really like the sight of a black bin on the side of my house, you know, yeah. and it takes up space and everything. So yeah. there's no need for that. Now that you're at that high level superstar zero waste person, like it's it's amazing to see that it, it can be done, and you're you're like a regular human, <laughs> you know, you haven't got like several assistants helping you live like this so what stuff now do you have waste from that that you've eliminated everything that you can what ends up kind of in the bag that goes to your mom's yes so um I always say that I'm I'm not going to be zero waste ever most probably or we are because zero is yeah it's it's impossible impossible yeah so now what we have in the bin are plastic packaging it's all plastic packaging but plastic packaging that we cannot really avoid so I buy rice cakes or corn cakes uh, for the kids as snacks. I buy the adult big normal version, not the kids version, just so that you can, you know, we can reduce um, packaging. So plastic packaging of that. And there is this something called fruit leather. Do you know fruit leather? It's I, uh, I can imagine when you say it, I can imagine what it is. It's some kind it, of chewy fruit, dry fruit yes, thing. Okay. Yes, yes. It comes in a, a little spirally thing. We call it chewy. So chewy comes in packaging. <laughs> we got uh, a dehydrator just a few weeks ago. And this week was the la- uh, the first week when I made homemade chewy. It's a bit dry. So I think next time I have to take it out a bit earlier. But Max loved it and Lana loved it as well. So Oh, so you don't need to get that anymore. No. Woohoo. However, some of the fruit comes in plastic packaging. But whatever plastic is there in the bag that goes to my mom's bin is always soft plastic or plastic composites. So there's something else in it, paper yeah. and plastic uh, melted together so that it cannot be separated and recycled for that reason. Soft plastic cannot be recycled in Ireland or yes, there are no facilities but also there are no uh, market demand for soft plastic to be recycled because there's so much of it, there is no demand. So um, recycling companies just, even if they collect it, they are sent for incinerator. Yeah, do they recycle it in Hungary, do you know? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. I, I think it's a, it's a worldwide uh, uh, trend. So if we're talking about plastic recycling, things like milk jugs or PET bottles. These are two different types of plastic. Both have really good uh, value on on the recycling market. But I'm not very fond of recycling as such. So I would try to prevent waste Mm -hmm. before choosing, you know, recycling. Yeah. But we have to buy some food in packaging. So I do have to use the recycling facilities. Okay. Yeah. So... What kind of home hacks then did you have to do? Was there a lot of things you had to learn basically to reduce your waste? Did you have to start making more things at home? Like <clears throat> I know you mentioned your fruit leather there. or Yes, um, there are things that I make at home, but uh, there are a lot of things that we just go without. And my favorite example is the mouthwash. I always say at the talks that my husband said he does want the mouthwash, so we cannot just get rid of mouthwash. I said, oh, sure, okay. <laughs> so then I looked into zero waste mouthwash, 
found a few um, different recipes. So then I got a bottle of vodka and some cinnamon and star anise and cloves and I made a tincture with that. So the recipe calls for um, six weeks of soaking the, the spices in the vodka. And then you boil water in the kettle, let it cool. And then I don't exactly remember what the ratio was, but let's say to a half a liter of boiled cooled water, you add the few spoonfuls of the, the vodka tincture. Of the vodka mixture. So you're not actually rinsing with vodka in yeah. the morning. yeah. So he used that for a while, and after a while, it just disappeared as yeah. such. So this is a really good example of what are the things that we use and made to believe that we actually cannot live without, mm. and then turns out that we can. We yeah. easily can live without, and no need for us to buy a blue liquid in a plastic bottle. Yeah. Do you know? So... Yeah, there are things I, I make my own uh, deodorant. If if not, then I buy one that comes in 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 a tin packaging. You can buy these in in a health shop. And like I I made a little cloth bags to buy vegetables in, and made cloths to clean the kitchen with. So I don't use kitchen paper towel anymore. Yeah. So we try not to use anything disposable. Toilet paper is still in use but yeah, probably there are it. there are okay so i called you like the zero waste superstar queen there are people out there, there who have gone that step and a very admirable step to use like reusable wipes for their number twos i'm gonna be honest here i have tried because i can't really see the difference between me wiping my kids bomb yeah. with a reusable wipe mm -hmm. or do the same for myself yeah it's just that when the toilet paper is there, somehow you tend to use it instead yeah. of the reusable one. Maybe I'm not ready for this shift. I don't know. Yeah. But that's okay. You're doing you're doing more than enough. Yes, I, I don't feel do guilty it. about yeah. it or, or anything. Yeah, that's amazing. So when because you have your own website and Instagram called Simple No Waste Life. So you post a lot of tips and everything on that. When did that come about? Like, when did you reach a point where you thought, oh, maybe other people can help, like, learn from um, the way I'm living? I usually am a very project-based person. So I, I like a project. I like to write up a strategy and, you know, tick the little list that, yeah, this is what we've done and this is what we've done. And in the Zero Waste Ireland Facebook group, there were only a couple of hundreds of us trying to embark on this journey and anytime something came up that I didn't know I went on and researched it so soon enough I gathered lots and lots of knowledge and was able to to share this knowledge with people in the group but then I thought maybe I could actually put it on Instagram and share it that way but then in the beginning it was just me sharing stuff I didn't really think of anything further than this. But then about two years ago, I decided that I'm going to set up a website because by then I was invited to different organizations to give talks. So I thought maybe I can formalize this. Yeah, just and, from your Instagram people were asking you to do that. Uh, and from the Zero Waste Ireland okay, uh, groups. Yeah. And we were featured in EcoEye uh, one year and were invited to different parts of the country to give talks and we were in different national newspapers so 
somehow there was there was always something happening and then people would come i read the article in the independent i read the article here i saw you here um would you come and give a talk and so then i did go and now this is what i'm trying to do on a more formal basis because what i find that if we're talking about sustainable living i think there is very there to say support out there for individuals you you don't think there is i don't think there is there are plenty of websites you can do your own research if you want to Mm -hmm. but there isn't many businesses or or people who would say come let's talk about how you can reduce your waste how you can uh, make your life a little bit more sustainable because i think businesses are more focused on you know buy another solar panel change your windows so that the insulation is better these are great but they have a real big financial commitment to them whereas changing your consumption habits don't you know it can be some things can be more expensive like um, investing into cloth nappies could be more expensive but if we say that you change your clothing habits and you're not gonna buy new garments anymore you're gonna either make your own or buy secondhand in the charity shop or from adverts that will have financial you know positive financial impact on 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 your wallet that's yeah that's good stuff to know from your talks like it is good to get a human in front of you saying this is what you can do as opposed to an article going you need to stop flying if if you go on to most websites there's only kind of standard answers that you can get you know change this change that but if i told you to start using cloth nappies for your kids and then you go okay but you know i don't have kids and (laughs) i live rural so i can't go to the dublin farmer's market what can i do yeah. to change so this is what i'm trying to kind of achieve to oh. to to give more personalized advice and and help on how to reduce waste so who do you give those talks to is it usually so, just uh, businesses or um so usually the talks i give to are individuals and i am invited by an organization it could be either a health shop or a business a corporation that invites me in so that the employees can avail of information about more sustainable living. Ooh, but do you go? Do you go to schools or uh, not necessarily or? schools? Uh, okay. Colleges, yes. Uh, I am going to do a workshop in UCD just in the coming weeks. And last uh, semester, I was in TU Dublin talking about the same at Amazing. the waste management course because they you learn a lot about you know how to manage waste, yeah. but not so much about how personally not to create waste yeah that's the biggest thing is we need to stop creating it like it's there's too there's it used to just be reduce reuse recycle and now it's like refuse reduce repair reuse rethink yeah there's lots of lots of lots of ours (laughs) so yeah it's definitely about cutting down on waste before it becomes a problem i had an episode on even plastic I never even thought I always thought plastic was just a problem when it was created I didn't even think of the oil that goes into making plastics oh there's so much to think about so but it is really possible to reduce and like we said you don't need to be perfect like that's that's impossible and and on, on a bigger picture there is like all of us need to make changes in order to avert you know serious 
impacts of this crisis that we're facing, we cannot just rely on corporations or, or politicians doing the right thing because it is our habits that are feeding these machines. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the ones who are going into pennies to buy clothes. It's us as well. Probably it is easier from a governmental point of view to say, now we shut this down and it's no more, but we are in it as well. Yeah. So we have to do it together. Yeah, we are a part of the problem and just relying on the government, we have to make changes as well and educate each other when when you can. I want to go back on something. I have a whole episode dedicated to cloth nappies. Uh, episode 11, you know Annie. Yeah. Um, and you volunteer with Cloth Nappy Library Ireland. So if anyone wants to know more about cloth nappies and how they work and how you can use them and wash them and the different types, you can go back and listen to that. But I just wanted to ask you, like, how did you find the transition and how did you, how did you find nappies when you were using them at max yes my husband is a very scientific minded man <laughs> so when i told him that this is what i'm embarking on i would like to he was like okay but do the research what are the the environmental impacts because you are washing the nappies is the wastewater not a problem here mm-hmm. so I said, okay, I will definitely look into this. And I did look into it and then came to the conclusion that you cannot just look at one side of any problem. You have to look at the input and the output side as well. So yes, there is wastewater with washing the cloth nappies, but that is significantly less water used than creating disposable nappies on the first place. So I had the loan from the library and in the beginning it was a bit complex looking that oh my god all these nappies and all that but uh, soon enough I got around it and figured what are the things that I am not going to do like you know there are there's this type of nappy called pocket nappies so a lot of women claim that they actually like stuffing these nappies while they watch tv and I just found myself not stuffing these nappies ever and when Max was on the changing table I was trying to reach the drying rack to pull the nappy parts off it and put it together while he is rolling off the changing (laughs) table so I was like no thanks this is not my type of thing so then we went with the all-in-one parts when everything was put together and then just needed to stick on Max and I I just liked how big his bum uh, was in it and (laughs) you know it, it was nice but also that the clothing that I had for him especially trousers were not really suitable like most of the clothing for boys or kids but cloth nappies are not big enough girls it's a different situation because you put leggings on them and you put tights on them and that that's kind of fine but not the little um cord droid trousers or whatever so that made me start uh making uh trousers and clothes for (gasps) them no way so since then this is my take on sustainable fashion that I make my own clothes and my Do kids. Do Yes. Are you... Have, yeah, did you make this? Oh my God, yeah. you were... So Timmy is wearing this like mid high length jumper with a really beautiful pattern of, a of like monkeys, all sorts of animals on it. And there's... Don't tell me there's a hood. Oh, there's a hood. Okay. The, like... I didn't even... How, where did you learn how to do this? So my mom had... When we lived in Hungary... She had the company and they were making clothing and uh, uniforms for healthcare industry and workwear for other industries. And so sewing was always around me. 
but I never really did any sewing earlier because when I needed, I just brought the fabric into my mum's business and they made it for me. <laughs> Imagine that! Like, wow, I find uh, this is a lovely cushion. I'd like to talk out of that. <laughs> Bring it in. Well, oh, that's so cool. So, uh, did she teach you to sew at any point? So, or just uh, no, here? not really, no. And so, when we already lived here, I said, I want to make these kids' clothes because they seem easy enough. And she said, yes, they are pretty basic. So we did a few together. And then there are so many tutorials on YouTube and, and whatnot. So I just went on and, you know, if the, something doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. That's then amazing. just learning. Where yeah. do you get your material from? So I, I try to only buy organic um, certified um, fabric. Mostly I'm buying from some a company in Germany called Lilstoff. Mm-hmm. They have a really, really big range. And um, I mix this with clothes from the charity shop and from adverts. So th- these are the things we wear. That's amazing. And have you got tutorials on that on your Instagram? And... Uh, no, not really. Not up no. close yet? Oh my God, please. Get on this. I have a sewing machine that I've used for like prop making, like fixing the the hem of a rectangle. I'm terrible at it. Like it's the wonkiest line ever. And you're here in this beautiful so, bluey green jumper. Oh my God. So the thing is that a normal sewing machine is not really suitable for sewing this type of jersey oh, material. That's, that's totally why I've got no clothes made then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have two sewing machines and the other yeah. one that's not your normal sewing machine that's called an overlock that is what makes this okay. strange looking seam inside that's, the clothing. Like the, it's the professional seam that you find on like the inside of your jeans. Or um, like a... Not necessarily jeans, anything um, stretchy. Oh, okay. But because... it's a thick, one of those fancy thick Yeah. Because Thanks, yeah. uh, your normal sewing machine, the straight stitch is not a, a stretchy stitch, not flexible. Mm. So jersey is a very flexible material. If you sew it with a straight stitch, the first time you put it on, it just cracks. And then you can use zigzag, but zigzag is not as... It's okay. It looks homemade, but that's okay as sure. well, you know. Yeah. So, But with this uh, overlock, everything seems or everything is a lot more quicker and it holds together better as well that's amazing like please hold a (laughs) workshop on sewing like that would be so good i know there's a load of people who do kind of you know upstyling clothes like sustainable fashion in dublin and stuff you should so touch base with them like that'd be (laughs) i'd love i i need to go to one of those for sure yeah I'm, i'm trying to put together or bring together um a sewing circle in the local um mommy and baby parenting organization which would be as they say i don't know if i can say bad words but itch and stitch uh, or stitch and bitch or something like this <laughs> we'll allow that one yeah so um we're hoping to to find um a local you know community hall or some where and then people will bring their sewing machines and we'll have a project of um, i don't know cotton bag or a a cutlery holder or something easy to make and then I would help people make it and then we'll have tea and biscuits and chat and you know 
evening away from the kids. Do and you the need housework. to have a child to go to one of these things? No, <laughs> certainly might, not. <laughs> I'll just steal my my niece for a few hours. So what you're not bringing the child anyway? It's, it's a child free <laughs> even. Oh then, oh then. And what was I going to say? Oh, does Max does Max ever pick his own outfits then, or find colors and ask you to um, make things for him? He's, yes, he's four now. He's four, isn't he? yeah. but at this moment, his favorite color is brown, and he would like everything brown. <laughs> Because chocolate ice cream is brown, so fair. <laughs> Maybe a little bit later. <laughs> okay, that's so cute. That's amazing. I didn't know you made your own clothes. That's blown my mind. And you mentioned something before we started recording as well. You're doing a master's at the moment. Yes, I started it two weeks ago in the ECU. It's a master's in climate change. I think full title is climate change policy media society. Or something like this. So this is not a master's on climate change science. So I'm not going to become a physicist or a climate scientist who knows a lot about solar radiation and and all that. Mm -hmm. Proposal is is about how we change or how we shape our response to the climate crisis as a society. And there will be parts in media, how, you know, climate change is represented and viewed in media and all that. But I don't know much about this just yet, because I have only started it two weeks ago. That's so cool, though. How long does it run for? So uh, it is part time what I'm doing. So it's two years. Oh, wow. If it was full time, then it would be just one. Yeah. But I can already see it's a lot of work. The two modules beside the two kids, the simple no waste life and volunteering with the Cloth Nappy Library Ireland. And sometimes you want your house clean as well. But I think that one is going to go on down on the priority list at this stage. Yeah. But you have to wash nappies. Yes. You know, you people ask me, I can't deal with laundry. How will I deal with my nappies? And I say, I don't, I don't do laundry well. Always have piles of laundry or dirty clothes waiting for the washing machine but somehow the nappies are washed 99.9% on <laughs> time so yeah there's so many things that you're doing for the environment which is amazing do, do you remember were you, did you care about the environment that much when you were a child like were you kind of interested in nature can you remember I, I can't really say that I was extremely into all thing nature mm-hmm but I used to go hiking and mm-hmm. I and I liked the experience of being out in the in, in the wild and then, you know, dig a hole to go to the toilet to and cook food on a wildfire. So I did like that kind of experience. But we had a big garden at home and we were growing not vegetables, we were growing fruits. Like we had lots of uh, grapes. And my grandfather was making wine. And so we were outside a lot, like a lot more than than kids nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But I I do know or remember that, um, you know, littering was was a big thing. That when I saw friends littering, I was like, what are you doing? Well, why are you throwing that out or on the ground? So yeah, it was something that you were aware of. For sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, we're all part of nature. And when you're a child... I think people are just more open to it. So I'm always curious if mm. if people have a link to their childhood because a lot of people I've interviewed can remember like hiking as a child or doing similar things. I just find yes. that really interesting. However, because my mom and my granny were primarily, you know, entrepreneurs and, and business, so business and capitalism and all this was 
very much in our family mm. kind of culture as such. Mm-hmm. So working hard and earning money and building a wealth was there as well. So it was just natural that I would go and study business and economics, for, even from a high school level. So even when I went to high school, I studied micro and macroeconomics and I loved it. It was great. Little I knew about the world outside of the textbooks, you know, that yeah. that models created by economists, like I knew they were not necessarily real, but I did not know much about World Trade Organization and how um, neoliberalism shaping the world and all that. And also maybe because in Hungary, we knew very little about American politics, I would say, especially because, you know, the change of the regime The political regime was at the end of the 80s. So after that, the political system in Hungary was obsessed with getting rid of anything that was built during the Soviet Union era. Mm. Even though we were not part of the Soviet Union in Hungary, but the political influence was coming from there as the Eastern Bloc, you know? So I think we were more busy about trying to create a capitalist Hungary than to actually see what are the the negative impacts of it whereas probably anywhere else in western europe or or in the west as such scientists and um, social scientists would have already seen what was happening but i do remember when i was in university there was a, a lecture called center and periphery which was a lot about how china is a developing country and how um, Chinese farmers use the same method of farming uh, as they used to use, you know, hundreds and maybe thousands of years ago. And if they all want to come up to the level of standards of living as we do live or lived in Hungary at the time, like this was over 10 years ago, then that would be an ecological catastrophe. So kind of putting it 10 years forward... Now we can actually see what's happening. And that time I didn't really, like, I I understood what he was saying, but Mm. I could not really place it into the real world as such. Yeah. Do you know, it it, it stayed in the auditorium of the university as another theory. Yeah. Do you ever (laughs) suffer with, like, climate anxiety or worries about the world? Like, how do you deal with that? So I, I do, I do get emotional. Sometimes listening to Greta Thunberg or um, now I'm listening to Naomi Klein's book and and I am actually kind of holding it together, trying to hold my tears in, not to kind of, not just to freak out, but to feel sad about it. Although I do feel sad and yeah, I think sad is, is, is the best uh, yeah. word I can use. Um, and sometimes I think... I don't really want to know what we are leaving here for our kids. As in, not in a bad way that, oh, I couldn't care and I'm not going to do anything. It's just that I don't really want to know, so I don't kind of have to face it as yeah. such. Because It's to, pr- to protect yourself because yeah. you, you're aware that it's it's not going to be a good thing, but you're doing your bit about it. It's like me, like oh, I'm a vegan and when I know I do my bit, but I couldn't watch an animal being slaughtered or... I that's just like my personal thing because if you're doing the best you can to avoid something so negative happening like it can be really hard to to look yeah. at the negative yeah. thing yeah, yeah. certainly yeah so, so how, how do you what what do you do do you like ever kind of meditate or what helps you kind of get so, over it the... you know 
when I was studying psychotherapy, we had learned all the techniques to meditate <laughs> and all that. And uh, mostly I don't meditate. But I find that making our own clothes and creativity and putting colors together or just sitting at the sewing machine and looking at the, you know, stitches the going in. Yeah. Do, 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 do. It's it's so simple and so kind of relaxing uh, for the mind. So that's, that's your way out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Like not that I have a lot of time to actually release any kind of you know <laughs> tension as such because yeah. anytime you're about to get angry sorry i need to go to my sewing machine <laughs> <laughs> but i know people would you know enjoy taking a walk for an hour yeah. or, or whatever like i'm looking after my kids day and night as such so i can't really just now hold on i'm going out for an <laughs> yeah. hour for a walk so but we try to stay in the here and now as much as possible. Like yeah. this afternoon, we went to the park um, near us and we picked up uh, conkers. And it was lovely to see because Lana just is learning how to, to, to walk. So she was like trying to walk between the sticks and stuff, you know, grass and, and leaves. And Max was just, look, Mama, there's another one there. There's another one there. Put it into your pocket. So... These experiences are, are, are just nice and, you know, for that half an hour, we were just there yeah. under a huge tree trying to pick conkers and, and it was just nice, uh, you know? Yeah, totally. So. Kids are so good at bringing you into the present moment mm. and they're so honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're very, they, they own it, so they do. They're very good. So before we finish, there's two things. How can people find you? So you're... Instagram is simple no waste life and that's your your website as well yes so on Instagram I uh, have dots in between because I think if you just go simple no waste life someone else will come up and I, and I don't know how did that happen <laughs> but it is simple dot no waste dot life sure it'll be linked under here yeah. as well okay and your and then the website well. is www.simplenowastelife.com people want to book you for a talk or anything uh there is a form on on, on my website you can or you can just email me to ask about the details what i do give talks on yeah. like i i usually do an introduction to low waste living but i've given talks on um low waste living with kids or zero waste baby and stuff like that because i i do practice that on a daily basis so amazing really cool yeah. and I guess to finish off, what would be your core advice that you would give to someone who wants to transition to more sustainable way of living or they already are trying? Like, what would you say to them? What's your final leaf to offer to their book? Usually what I say to people who are just starting on, on a low waste journey that instead of running out and buying different things, look for stuff in your house. But before changing anything... Assess where you are. So look at the bin, have a piece of paper and write down what are the categories of waste that you're creating. And I would always encourage everyone to start with the category that is the bulk of your waste. If it's disposable nappies, then that. If it's food waste, then that. Because eliminating most of the bulk of that waste would give a sense of achievement mm -hmm. and that just gives you another surge of energy to to go on and do more so that's my kind of 
That's your piece of advice. I love it. That's perfect. Timmy, thank you so, so much for giving me your time. It was such an easy conversation. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom. You're very good. Thank you very much. That was such a lovely way to end a nice conversation there with Timmy. Some really nice little words of advice and wisdom from someone who's been doing this for a long time. So I hope you guys got something from that conversation. If you like this episode and you've liked other episodes that you heard and would like to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon for Book of Leaves. It's patreon.com forward slash book of leaves. And you can make a once off or regular donation there to help support the podcast to go towards podcast hosting and website fees and cough medicine or various things that I may need in my life but you can support the podcast there and it is greatly appreciated and there's other benefits and stuff that you can get as well and also if you liked it what also would be amazing is if you could share the podcast around share it on Instagram on Twitter Facebook recommend it to a friend word of mouth is the best way to spread awareness and yes I think that is everything go back and check out the Christmas episode and then the Vita episode if you haven't already they're going quite popular recently so hopefully this one will do well as well do well as well um but yes and I hope you're all staying nice and cozy if you're in a cold climate this winter wrap up warm don't get sick and I will talk to you in another two weeks time and in the meantime look after yourselves it can be a tough time of year so just mind yourselves and mind each other and mind the planet I guess there we go on that cheesy note I will say (laughs) almost made it I will say goodbye and I'll see you in two weeks time bye guys oh it's all gone tips up (laughs) 